for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Good, doing really well. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Oh, <laughs> uh, so got Cat Cat Thompson here with us. Uh, how's uh, everything going over in Australia for you? Good, good. Um, nice to see that everything's slowly coming back to normal. Yeah, yeah. It's. I had this conversation with somebody yesterday about like uh, venues in Australia. Uh, which was a really weird topic. I've never been to Australia, but I was reading this article about how there's several venues across the country there that just didn't recover after the pandemic. And then there was like this big insurance situation that was kind of coming up. Oh, I, I haven't heard about that, but oh. I know for a fact that, um, I mean, that doesn't mean that that hasn't happened. That, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not across everything. Um, but what I do know is that quite a few um, venues and sadly events and festivals that were alive and thriving pre-pandemic, just they're, they're just not back. And yeah. um, and I know even like things like booking agencies and, and people who are part of the infrastructure of our industry that allow for live music to get to to the audiences like those companies haven't some of them haven't even come back so it's it's so sad and we, we need all the pieces of the puzzle for this industry to work effectively yeah 100 percent. it's it's its own economy for the most part yeah so. yeah definitely uh for so this is our first time getting the chance to sit down and chat we've met yeah. Kind of coincidentally on Instagram, I think I had reached out to you and kind of explained what was going on because, you know, I, I'd been following you for a little bit and then I realized that you were based in Australia. And as yeah. I was putting this together, I was like, wait a minute, I need people that could do the crazy hours that nobody in the US will do. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I reached out to you and got it set up. Um, for anybody that's uh, listening or watching, what's kind of your story? What got you into music? I've loved music for as long as I've been alive. So um, kind of, I mean, I, I can't, I, these are, these are obviously secondhand tales because I don't personally remember this, but my mother tells me that when I was a child, um, I was like the bodyguard, I think had come out around that time. Mm. And so Whitney Houston was singing obviously, and, and she's incredible. And so there was a two-year-old me screeching all of the bodyguard songs at the top of its lungs and probably sounded terrible at the time but for I guess two-year-old me that was like yay so um as far as I as far as I remember I've always loved music um and um as far as I remember I've been torturing my family with it since (laughs) what was obviously you brought up like the bodyguard and I think that was kind of a lot of younger kids in the 90s like that or 80s 90s you know when did yeah. bodyguard even come out i'm like i don't know when it came out i just know that it was like my parents had a video of it or something yeah, okay. and it, yeah uh, so 
but I remember like in the nineties, that was a, like a lot of people's introduction to Whitney Houston, which is really funny and interesting because before that she had like a storied career and the fact that she's known for this movie by a lot of people is very interesting. So, That's um, cool. when, uh, when you started, so you, that was kind of your introduction to Whitney and music and singing. What was kind of the light switch that you realized like, Hey, this is something I'm passionate about. I need to jump on this. Um, honestly, I, again, I don't know when, because it was just something I've always been wanted to do. Mm. Like when I was six, um, and I would walk home from school and, or go to the park with family and stuff like that. Um, there was a music store that we would always walk past and they had one of those old pianos that, um, you know, when it just the role plays mm-hmm. on the inside and mm-hmm. so the keys all just move by themselves and it plays music so nice. they had that parked at the entrance which is which is a perfect way to draw kids in um mm-hmm. but smart marketing from a, a music store's perspective but they had this sitting at the entrance and every time we walked past that in the street i would go oh, there's a ghost playing the piano and so i'd run up and run my little fingers all over it and try to try to follow the piano like the keys going up and down and so then i started demanding piano lessons nice (laughs) yeah so i i i think it's just something that's been part of me for so long it's um i just loved sound and audio and and noise and and um everything that i could try to make noise with like i i picked up a harmonica as a kid um i was told very strongly that I'm not allowed to do drums because I was banging on things, trying to do beats. So yeah, I I was that kid that anything auditory, I was like, Ooh, I want to play with that. So when I, when I, when I was young and like maybe seven, eight, nine, and I was kind of getting introduced to music, like the music programs at school. Like they had a, like a little concert band when we were in like elementary school and whatnot. Um, And I will always wanted to play the drums. And my mom yeah. was like, absolutely not. You are not yeah, playing yeah. the drums. <laughs> you you could play anything else, just not the drums. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. okay. And so then I picked up like the, it wasn't uh, the cornet, I think it was, instead of the trumpet. And I was stuck to it for like six months. And afterwards I was like, yeah, I'm not passionate about this. This isn't uh... me. So it, it was... I- I didn't want to practice, I think. So I had a, a different, a slightly different experience where I was in the school band at one point mm-hmm. and they didn't have enough instruments to go around. And so I was um, given a flute that didn't work. Like it was fundamentally broken in some way. And I've never been able to play flute ever my entire life as it probably as a result of this. But yeah. I was given the broken flute and they said they would source or fix it or get a new flute. So anyway, I had to go to all of these band performances for the school and I was told just to pretend to play, just sit there. And so I had to literally get on the bus with all the other kids and go from school to school and like, you know, event to event and sit there and just be like, <laughs> and that went on for like six months and they never, they never fixed it. And so, yeah, eventually um, that was a dud. So I quit um, right. and have never played a wind instrument. Since. <laughs> Not a wind instrument. I, um, yeah so yeah that was an absolute fail but strings and anything with strings I love playing um and obviously piano so mm. 
yeah, I don't. I guess I could have gone down that road, but never did because of that that experience. <laughs> yeah, that's very funny and very sad at the same time. Because, like, I mean, I understand from like now looking back, like as an adult looking back at that, it's like at the end of the day, no, like it's not compromising the overall integrity of the band because at such a young age you know, it, it kind of sounds like what it's going to sound like. But at, no. you, when you're that young and they're basically telling you, oh, just kind of pretend that you're playing, it's like, <laughs> what? I want to play, yeah. though. Yeah, it's- yeah, definitely. And it just felt so weird to just sit there. Everyone else is making noises and I'm sort of going, I, I hope this looks like I'm doing it right. Because <laughs> I don't, right. like, yeah, it was a funny experience. But yeah, pr- that was primary school. Um, right. And I think that's the only time that I really kind of was put off an instrument um Uh, but again not not because obviously the instrument was at fault itself i mean other than the fact it was broken but because there just wasn't a way to play it so yeah yeah. fair enough fair enough um so obviously moving on from there you you find your kind of lane with music with piano guitar you know just kind of everything else uh what was what was kind of that moment for you like when you were like realized you were meant to do this was it like after this was there like a moment that you realized like everything started to connect for you or um for me I mean as a kid um I'm half Filipino so mm-hmm. there was a big Filipino community in um this in, in, in a lot of cities that you travel to mm-hmm. um we seem to be everywhere which is a beautiful thing you you go you go anywhere in the world you'll find a filipino and then you find the community and they're always so welcoming and so beautiful mm-hmm. so um and that was a a gift from my mum's side of the family um having that heritage so because um i am half filipino and was um i had a filipino mum she would have a lot of filipino friends and so they would hear um me singing or doing stuff around and they'd go oh you need to get her on a stage you need to get this kid on the mm. stage and so it was very natural um within the filipino communities to for, to always have events and um fiestas and things so um and everyone would gather and celebrate the food the culture and stuff and we'd always want entertainment so there was always a space for me to get up and perform um it was pretty much like can you sing cool here's a microphone get up there and i'd be yeah. like okay so um i had a lot of practice basically getting on stages because i had this beautiful nurturing community that was like oh you can sing off you go have some fun entertain us um and as i kept doing that i was just like this is what i want to do i love this like i live for this this is so fun and it makes other people happy and it was so cool because um i'd come off the stage and like I'd have a person who's like several generations older than me going, you've made my day. Thank you for singing my song or mm. I love that. Thank you so much. And I'd even then get requests. So then they'd say, oh, can you learn this song by Bette Midler? Or, yeah. And I, I wouldn't even know the song. I was too young for obviously that generation. But mm. I'd go, okay, I'll find, I'll find the instrumental for it and then I'll learn it for you and I'll sing it next week at this coming event. So... Yeah. Yeah, it was wonderful. That's cool. That's always kind of the interesting thing. That's something that I've been looking into is you kind of touched on this. uh, And maybe this isn't exactly what you meant, but uh, when you were learning the song that you'd find the instrumental for it. Yeah. 
uh, is that like were you referencing learning how to play like if it was like a piano song learning how to play it on the guitar or uh if it was a guitar song kind of learning how to play it on the piano or were you just meaning like the straight instrumental track so you could learn how to sing just to it finding yeah just finding the straight instrumental track okay um, gotcha so in the filipino community especially like they love karaoke mm. so somebody's gonna have a copy of that particular like a karaoke version of that gotcha. or um or somebody's recorded a melody of it so that you can and they everyone sort of shares because they love mm music so Mm. um we'd ask around oh does someone have a copy of this song or um and if you didn't then you'd go and try and source it from somewhere like maybe you'd buy the instrumental from somewhere um and then you could use that and then someone else would ask you for it and you'd be like okay yeah sure i'll give you a copy of that so um i mean this is all before um um the internet as well so Mm. um yeah so people had it on like um cds i guess mm, uh, yeah. i'm i remember yeah yeah it was cds that ar- that archaic technology yeah <laughs> like, cds no, are like, cds are such a funny thing but you know god sorry i didn't mean to cut you off no 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 no, no it was good no i like i'm just trying to remember back to how we did share it i think we would just literally do a beautiful thing where everyone would just hand the cd over to the next friend mm. And you could borrow it for that weekend and you could borrow Mm. it for the time that you're rehearsing. Um, I don't think we had the, I don't think burning was a thing at the Mm -hmm. time. Like it wasn't, it's pre all of that sort of stuff. So yeah. I got you. Fair enough. Fair enough. And so then just kind of moving forward into today, where are you kind of at musically? I know it's been a little bit since you've, at least according to Spotify, it's been a little bit since you've released music, but where are you kind of at right now in the present day? So what am I doing? Um, yeah, like, are you currently writing music, recording, or are you just kind of more focused on shows and live stuff or that in that kind of realm? Doing a bit of everything, to be honest. Like um, during the pandemic, I built my own recording studio. So <laughs> I do my own production. I do my own songwriting. Um, I do my own mixing and all that sort of jazz. Um, so yeah, writing definitely is a big portion of what I do. Um, I love collaborating with other artists. So, um, I just collaborated. Actually, it's really cool. Um, I collaborated with, um, some artists from Peru and I've never been to Peru. So like, it's so cool to be able to collaborate with people from different countries and you're sharing something that you universally love. Um, and then I collaborated actually, um, with an artist from Africa and one of the, yeah. And the coolest part. And this is what I think is what I love about technology now with the internet and everything, like people that you'd never be able to connect with in the past, we now can basically do a song with, and they can be anywhere in the world. I mean, you're in the U S and we're connecting now. So it's such a beautiful thing. And, um, yeah, like it was really cool because I love learning languages and I love working with different cultures and, um, I mixed, um, personally. So, um, not personally, but my parents yeah. <laughs> chose to make me. Um, but because of that, I, I am exposed to different sort of people from different backgrounds. And so I love um, exploring cultures. And so when I was working with this um, African artist, he's amazing. Um, his name's Future Destin. Um, okay. Shout out to him. And um, he basically was like, I would love for you to sing on my track. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to do that. And he's like, but I want you to sing in my language. Oh. And I was like, okay all right all right we'll take we'll take that challenge on and it was amazing because he basically taught me how to how to um he 
to speak his language so that I could sing it. And then um, I was a little bit worried, like, am I getting the pronunciation right? Am mm. I doing this right? Because obviously it's not um, a it's not a native language for me mm. and um, especially crash course into it. Then, you know, you, you normally you spend several years learning something yeah. like a language um, and he was like, nope, nope, nope. And he made sure that I was doing it right. And we recorded it, released it. And then the beautiful part was like hearing people from the democratic Republic of the Congo message me saying, thank you for singing my um, singing in our dialect. Nice. And we love your performance on it. Thank you so much for celebrating our culture. And I was like, oh, my God, it's thank you so much for for um, allowing me to have this experience. Like, yeah. And allow, I'm, I'm embracing, embracing me into your culture. So it's it's so beautiful, I think, what music does and what it can do for so many people in different countries. Yeah, absolutely. That's so there's so many questions I have just about that specific situation. Um, yeah. uh, it, so w when you sat down to learn how to sp speak, uh, whatever, whatever specific dialect it is, because I know in Africa, there's like yeah. 50 some odd dialects that you can learn to speak. So the one I did was Kabembe, which is okay. from the Democratic Republic of the Congo. And I think they also speak it in Tanzania. Tanzania? Yeah. I'll have to double uh, don't don't quote me on that one because I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I definitely know um in the Democratic Republic um they do. Awesome. So, so when you when you were kind of going through that process of learning how to speak the dialect, um you said it was more of a crash course. Did they teach you like <laughs> the basic structure of how to like form sentences and then just kind of taught you the lyrics to the song, or was it just more of okay, here's the lyrics to the song and then we'll just kind of teach you how to say it. So a bit of both. Um, okay. Yeah, and I still don't feel confident to be able to do it without um, without Future there, you know, sort of helping me along with it. Um, and I think it'll take time for me to be very comfortable with it. Um, but, yeah, like um, he was getting me to talk in it and then getting me to, like, sing the lyrics and then he was just like no i want you to sound as as natural as possible and so then he was working with the intonations and yeah it was a really really cool experience and, and such an honor like I, I think that um i think that um being able to do things like that really broadens your experience of the world as well and mm. um helps you to appreciate especially people from other cultures who come to places like Australia or the United States as a first, and they speak, they don't speak English as a first language. Yeah. And so the, the, the appreciation of being able to challenge yourself to try something new and then, and, and it, you, you really are like, it's like a little deer walking for the first time, like even saying hello or can I go to the bathroom or doing things like that in other cultures. You're like, it's, you have, I have such a, a great appreciation now for my mum who speaks um, English and Filipino, and she had to do that and navigate traveling and doing things where um, English wasn't always like the, the, the easiest language for her. So most Filipinos speak English really well, but that's that's its own side thing. <laughs> nice, nice. And so th that's really cool that you've kind of had that experience. And like you said, the internet just kind of I don't want to sh say shrinks the world, but it makes it easier to kind of connect. And like you said, yeah. like the fact that we're thousands of miles apart in the U in central U S and then in uh, 
Australia. I don't know why I almost said Canada. That's not even almost. <laughs> like it, I, just, I felt the sea rolling out of my mouth and I'm like, nope, nope, it's not Canada. What are you doing? You know where she's at. Um, but, you know, just kind of how much the internet has really made it easier to connect with people. And I, I, I think that was kind of a, an experience that I learned early on during the pandemic when I was forced to take this podcast online and just kind of do it through Zoom. And it just opened my perspective about all these places that I could only dream of meeting people from or traveling yeah. to or whatever. And then I sit down and it's like, I have all these cultural questions, but then you quickly realize unless they're in like remote parts of the country, it's probably just about the same as it is here in the U S. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, standard things, yeah. um, it, depending on obviously, um, quality of life and things mm. like that. Um, you know, we all have bathrooms and you know, all that sort of stuff yeah, yeah. normal. But I think there are some very beautiful things. And I think that's why learning other languages, sharing culture and, and basically appreciating other people from different places, mm-hmm. I think um, is a beautiful thing because then it, it broadens your horizons and makes it makes me want to travel more. Yeah. Um, but there are things that are different, like um, – we we which which are beautiful differences not bad differences yeah. but like you you the, i think in different places um there are things like for example if you go to places like japan um mm. they're much quieter on things like trains mm-hmm. um and there are certain expectations around how to carry yourself in public and um like there are and and um but at the same time on the flip side someone might be like oh that's very um, I, I just want to express myself, but I want to be loud. And it's like, well, in their culture, they, they don't want you to be as loud. Like there are yeah. places to be loud and there are places to sort of allow people to unwind and, and relax. And like that's a train, for example, whereas I get on the trains in Sydney or Brisbane and, you know, people are chatting away and mm. having having a good yarn on the, on the phone to a friend. And some people might be like, oh, that's annoying. And other people are like, oh, that's normal. So yeah. Um, yeah, so there are little differences here and there that I think definitely are there. Um, like it, it, going back to Filipino culture, for example, yeah. like the moment that you're introduced as a Philippine uh, with a Filipino friend or you're dating a Filipino, they instantly embrace you as family. No, yeah. Like as a community, they, they just won't let you leave. They're like, if you let's say, like if um, if I'm dating someone mm. and I who's not. Filipino and I bring them home and I bring them to within the community they're like oh you're one of us now and yeah. they, they instantly will call you like let's say um you had a Filipino girl um the rest of the family would call you brother so oh, you're wow. instantly kuya which yeah. means brother and that's it like you are kuya for from now until the end of time and if if you guys ever broke up they were just trying to find you another Filipino girl to keep you in the in the community it, and that's yeah and I get the same vice versa. Like if they like you, um, and let's say um, you were from, I was from a different culture, mm-hmm. they would try to find me a Filipino guy to date. They'd be that's, like, "No, please stay with us. We love you already. You're one of us." So that's. Um, I, it's funny you bring that up because uh, when I lived out in New Mexico for a while, and one of my friends out there, he was half Filipino, I think, on his dad's <laughs> side, and. Yeah. There was always like a really, like, I didn't understand it at the time, but listening to you speak now, it makes a little bit more sense, but there was always a weird connection with his family. Like every time I came over, it's, oh, hey, how you, you know, they treated me almost like family if I was there and it was like, 
late at night because we we used to make uh, movies. We used to do like short films and stuff. And so if I was there working on an edit with him and it'd be like midnight there, the family would be like, hey, so are you staying tonight? Like, it's cool. Just, you know, you're welcome to stay like all this stuff. And I was like, no, I only live like five minutes away. You know, at that time, I was a night owl anyways. But yeah, it, it was like always this little and I say weird, not in a bad way, but like in a good way. But it it was just kind of funny that it's taken me seven years to kind of understand that relationship. So yeah, oh, you're one of them now. You're yeah. you're you're part of the furniture. They're like, you'll stay, okay. Well, we'll make when they make a meal, they're already counting how much they're gonna feed, like how much they need to add to make sure you're fed too. Like yeah, you're you're part of the part of the furniture now. So. Nice, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so kind of looking forward with your music, are you uh, are you playing shows right now, or what? What do you kind of got coming up over here over the next couple of months? Yeah, um, actually, I'll be going back to doing shows again because, like, we we obviously pulled back over the last few years for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'll be performing for New Year's up in um, Noosa, which is a very beautiful location in Australia. Um, it's um, like a, a big tourist destination, yes. and people go for surfing and swimming and beach, and it's it's just a lovely place. So I'll be performing there and starting going to, back into performances into the new year. Um, and we're gearing up to do more music and releases into 2024 so that'll be really fun um yeah and i've actually been filming things like music videos in preparation for next year so it's it's been a busy last few months and i'm looking forward to the 2024 um journey that next year's gonna be yeah that's awesome that like the fact that you kind of obviously you were still like releasing music during the pandemic and kind of keeping your your chops going but just to kind of take the time to like really be methodical with what you're doing and very tactical you know and obviously those are very strong words to use but just kind of being very thoughtful with what you're doing and how you're doing it and just you know so that way when 2024 does come around it's like okay it's not playing catch up you're ready to go and then now in 2024 as you're releasing this stuff you can start looking at 2025 and beyond yeah see that that's actually i think one of the things that i have learned a lot from is like in the past i would release singles and and then i'd be playing catch up the entire time so i wouldn't be able to enjoy the release Mm -hmm. experience as much because then I'd be like, oh, I have to do a music video. Okay, I have to do this. I have to yeah. go there. I have to do that. And you're, you're sort of all over the place playing catch up. Whereas um, and as a musician, we're in this because we want to enjoy it. We mm-hmm. love we love music. So like anything that makes it a less stressful experience and a more enjoyable experience, um, I think is, um, first of all, makes you a better performer because you're not... Yeah your brain's not all over the place you can actually just enjoy the experience um and enjoy the connection you have with the audience and at the same time you're um you're going to get better sleep (laughs) so (laughs) you'll just overall be a better person (laughs) because you're not gonna be yeah tired and and stressed so i think yeah like we do music we do we do the arts because we're passionate about it so um whatever makes us better at the end of the day I think is always a good thing. And preparation is definitely something that I've found makes me perform better. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's 
I can't agree more. That's one thing I really like about this podcast marathon because it sets me up to kind of reset through the months of December and January because I don't have to produce a whole bunch of new content. It's like, okay, I killed myself for three, four weeks. Yeah. And now I've got plenty of content to kind of coast, not coast, but rest for the next two months. So, yeah. Yeah, but, definitely. Uh, really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and chat with us. Uh, if anybody wants to follow you on social media, keep up with you and what you got going on in 2024 with new music shows, all that fun stuff. Uh, where's the best place to find you? Yeah. Um, you can find me on pretty much all the social media platforms as, um, at cat Thompson official. Um, cause all the other Cat Thompsons were taken, so that was the only one that I could take. Um, but, yeah, so that one, or you can jump on my website, catthompson.com, and you'll find the links to all my socials across there. So if you just want a one-stop shop, um, you can jump on that and then click on all the icons from there if you want to follow anything, which makes it Sorry. nice and easy. It's all one place. Yeah. That, that was the one thing that was throwing me off when I was trying to tag you and everything. It was like Cat Thompson kept appearing, but it wasn't your icon. And I'm like, wait a minute, let me go back and look. Oh, it's Cat Thompson official. Okay, let's. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> it, that was throwing me off so hard. But um, it's a common name. I mean, my, yeah. my actual name is Catherine Thompson. And um, yeah, it, if, there are so many Catherines and so many Thompsons, which is um, a testament to obviously my ancestors breeding a lot. So that's probably a good thing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's a very common name. So yeah, if you, you look up catthompson.com, all the links are there, um, to all my socials or Cat Thompson official, which is across everything. So yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, once again, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute blast. Please keep us in mind as you, uh, approach the release of your upcoming album in 2024 or upcoming music. I don't music necessarily, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I would love to have you back on to kind of dive a little bit deeper in on that and you know just kind of talk about everything else you got going on but would love that and yeah thank you so much for having me on board thank you also for this event um I think it's wonderful what you're doing and thank you for sharing your story yesterday um I actually watched the video about oh, why you started this yeah. and I think it's Thank you so much. It, it, it really is special what you're doing. I Thank think you. that, um, I think keep going because it yeah. will grow as well over time. And what yeah. you're doing in, in our memory of your mom is such a beautiful thing. So yeah. yeah, for everyone who's out there, if you're listening, please donate. This, this is for a wonderful cause. And yeah. the more Thank we you. have of people supporting the, 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 the sooner we'll come to an answer for, yeah. for this. So yeah. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. It was, it, you know, this is always a very emotional time for me because it's like, you know, kind of bringing up a whole bunch of, I don't want to say bad feelings or bad memories, but just hard memories. Um, yeah. And, you know, just yeah. kind of having to relive a couple of key moments throughout that entire bat of the four months, five months, whatever it was that my mom was yeah. dealing with pancreatic cancer. And it's just like, but this is a very, like every year it gets a little bit easier to talk about. Like it's almost secondhand now where it's like, okay, like this is the story. Let, let's try and find an answer. And so hopefully yeah. as we kind of progress, it's like, you know, it, it, it'll get easier to tell the story. But right now it's like, yeah. Uh, so I, it's, it's always closer to home. Like, yeah. you know, and it, 
yeah, it's n- nothing ever. It, it gets easier, but you know, y- they're always forever here. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, you'll, that, the love will always be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the thing is we, we just do our best to work towards a long-term solution and mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, you're very, I think I, I think you're very brave, brave, brave. Mm. I'm struggling to speak now. Oh, um, you're good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think you're very brave. I think, I think she would be so proud of you. And um, yeah, like just keep going. You're amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much. But Kat Thompson, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate all the kind words and taking time to sit down and chat. Um, we're we're going to do a little roulette here and uh, we're going to bring the next musician here in. And uh, thank you so much. Pleasure. Uh, Have a wonderful 24 hours. Yep, I <laughs> will. I, I, I'll, I'll let you know if I make it. So awesome. thank you so much. <laughs>